Lord, thank you, thank you for, for today. Thank you that we can come to the house of the Lord. Lord, I'm reminded of that scripture that David said in the Psalms. He said, I rejoiced when they told me that they were going to the house of the Lord. Lord, because coming to the house of the Lord is first and foremostly meeting with you. Meeting with you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that you are here, Lord, and you just so long to fellowship with us, Lord, to sup with us, to commune with us, to be intimate with us, that we may know you and be known, Lord, to know your presence, Lord. Lord, thank you for closeness, Lord. Thank you for closeness in every dimension of relational intimacy, Lord. Lord, we press into knowing you. Lord, as I bring the this morning Lord may people know you may they hear their Jesus through your word as we as we even look at scriptures about you Lord may we see you in a fresh light Jesus we want to know you and make you known Jesus just do that in and through our lives in Jesus name and the people of God said amen amen we're talking about wholeness this morning and it's part three now I, I, I said in the pre-meeting again, there were at least 11 slides of today's message that didn't make the cutoff, didn't make the hit list. So I think that's just a sign that there's so much to say and talk about when we talk about wholeness. And this is part three, so we've had a previous two parts. So if you didn't catch the first two parts, please, it's all on YouTube. It's on SoundCloud for audio. We also, if you're part of our WhatsApp group, we send you the link to actually the audio file, WhatsApp audio file. We compress it so you can just listen on your phone. And uh, so, so there's many places you can access that. But we're looking at wholeness, and our key scripture is this one from Psalm 18, verse 20, which says, God made my life complete. And complete is a, synony- is a synonym for wholeness. When I placed all the pieces before Him. When I placed all the pieces before Him. And wholeness, I said, probably the opposite word to wholeness is brokenness. And brokenness is their pieces all over the place. Do you, are you, have you taken those pieces and placed them before Him? And, you know, I, I shared the, the, I have this picture of the Lord taking the pieces and kind of putting them together again. It's from Psalm 18, verse 20 in the Message Bible. So, I want to... What I want to look at this morning, I'm not doing any recap from before. I was tempted to. It was, it was, it, it's good stuff, but you can go get it. I want to paint a picture of this journey from brokenness to wholeness, what it looks like. And we've actually been looking, so we can go to the next slide. We have been looking uh, at scripture from Genesis, because in Genesis 3, we see the source of brokenness in the world is the fall, uh, where we where Eve was tempted by Satan and, uh, and gave the fruit to Adam. We looked at this last week and we looked at what came out of that. And there's a lot of brokenness in the world, Father, uh, folks, that, that can be traced back to that. And so the whole story of the cross is the story of God redeeming, buying back, transforming 
brokenness into wholeness. If, you wanna, if, I, if I could give you a summary of the work of the cross, Jesus was broken. Nails smashed through his hands and his body. Um, his body was literally broken so that we may be whole. He took the punishment of our sin that we may be forgiven and set free and come into wholeness. I want to just say about this that it's a journey from brokenness to wholeness and we'll look at that now. But I want to say that I don't know how you can move into wholeness without the cross, without what Jesus did for us at the cross, without Jesus, without coming to the living God who is resurrected and sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Without Jesus, I don't know how you move from, wholeness, from brokenness to wholeness. And, and for me, you know, I can talk about this, but unless you have an intimate personal relationship with Jesus, this could just be pie in the sky and it could be head knowledge and you can know, okay, wholeness is, 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 is a possibility. But I don't know how you're going to experience it for you, for yourself personally, folks. This Christian walk is a walk of intimacy with the Lord. It is a walk of going to the cross, of living through the cross, of going beyond the cross. But folks, we can't do this without the cross, without what Jesus has done for us. And, and I was just, after last week's message, everything I was sharing, I was like, if people don't know Jesus, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, folks, I, I want to say, I, this isn't going to work for you. You can go and try, and, 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 and I know the great psychologists who will tell you all kinds of mind games and mind schemes and tricks and things to kind of make yourself feel better about yourself. But folks, the cross literally deals with the core, goes to the core of who we are and transforms us on the inside. So I want to say emphatically, it's about Jesus, what He's done. And it's about you walking with Jesus, your personal relationship with Jesus. I can be right next to you and talking and telling you all this beautiful stuff. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and my biggest thing is I don't want you to be dependent on me or Jenny or Amu. That, that you can, we will walk with you, but you have got to walk with Jesus. You've got to press into your relationship with Jesus. You've got to bring your stuff to Jesus. You've got to hear the words of Jesus. You've got to sense His love, His tenderness, coming close to you, taking stuff from you, giving you new stuff. It's about intimacy with Jesus. My greatest prayer is through this, whole, through this journey of pursuit of wholeness, that you pursue Jesus with all your heart. Amen. It doesn't work if you don't have a personal, intimate, close relationship with Jesus. Amen? And so it really does start here. This is the start. This is the journey. This is the end. It's about Him coming inside of you and fixing you from the inside out. I can't come inside you. Jen can't. Whoever, you know. Um, Awonke can't. Einstein can't. We, I sometimes wish I could take my hand and, and, you know, put it into somebody's heart and, you know, kind of like you would fix a watch, you know, get a, screw, a spiritual screwdriver and do some adjustments on the heart. I can't do it, but Jesus can. Amen. When you invite him into your life, when you surrender, you say, Jesus, come into my life. Be Lord. He can do that. He can fiddle in your heart with screwdriver and adjust things. He can fix it. It's my test me. And he's still busy fixing me. I'm still walking with Jesus.
things. Amen. So this is where it starts. And, and this picture, that is, I mean, if you want a picture of the journey to wholeness, it is, a, it is walking through the cross. Amen. It is, it is carrying your cross daily, folks. Because, folks, we live in a broken world. There are people all around you every day that are broken and, and hurting. And hurting people hurt others. Most of us, many of us, most of the brokenness we'll experience isn't just your own mess-ups and your sin. And a lot of it is that. But it's you experiencing the brokenness of others, the sin of others. You have been sinned against. Some of you have been violated to the deepest core of your being. And I, I'm, I'm broken because of that. I hear some of the stories of brokenness and it's like, God, I ask, well, God, how, how can this happen? But folks, the cross is there, not just to deal with your mess-ups, it is. But it's also there to deal with the mess you've experienced, the sin, the violation, the intrusion that you've experienced from others. And it happens every day. I mean, Jenny was just telling me this week, we heard two stories of two young ladies in our church who, who experienced physical harassment from guys who are just not hitting on them, folks, like wanting sexual harassment. I got so cross. I was like, I want to hit somebody. I mean, the one lady um, walking to church, and these guys in a car next to her, just the stuff they said, the attitude, somebody else driving in a car and had this other guy in another car, you know, parked in and stuff. I was so mad. I was like, Oh, I want to do something. Folks, what do you do with that stuff? Now, fortunately, in both cases, as far as I know, nothing, nothing physically happened. But that, that's traumatic. What do you do with that trauma? Because your mind's racing and who knows where those kind of things could end up. This week, two girls dealt with trauma in their lives. Where do you take it? Folks, you take it to the cross first and foremostly. Now, I want to smash somebody's face in. I do. That's my fleshly response, okay? The heart of the father is, you mess with my kids, I'm going to break you, okay? That's the heart of the father, amen? Unsanctified, you know, fleshly defender, protector. I know that that is that side of me. But folks, at the same time, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I hope these ladies aren't messed up because of it. I wonder how many people, how many young ladies don't come to church because they've experienced that. I'm like, you are robbing, the enemy is robbing people. You've got to come to the cross. Now, those are just two examples of people where they experience sin. Folks, you experience, you've been sinned against, you've been violated if you experience that. And Jen was just sharing with me, I I shudder to think, and, and please don't inundate me afterwards with all your stories, how often it happens to you young ladies. I want to I wanna apologize on, on behalf of the male, maledom, okay? Of all males, I mean, they are, oh, I think of strong words, but it's being recorded. I won't say what I think of some of those males, okay? Oh my goodness, I apologize. It is Guys, it is wrong. It's not right. Don't accept it as the norm. Amen? But what do you do when you've been traumatized by that kind of a thing? Folks, the cross is the place you bring it to. Amen? So, so, so what are we looking at from brokenness to wholeness? Okay, on the left-hand side, what I've listed there... Folks, we looked at the Genesis 3 story of how the serpent came and tempted Eve. And folks, this is the stuff. If you remember the story we read last week, these words describe what happened over there. Defensive. Eve, uh, Adam and Eve, defensive, 
low self-awareness, isolated, blaming, anger, fear, self-absorbed, addiction, dishonesty. Folks, this is what brokenness looks like. And I want to tell you, those numbskulls who come and, and, and harass you, they're in the zone, okay? So we can have a little bit of compassion for them, okay? But we experience people from that place against us. We get sinned against. We get violated. But we don't want to stay there. We don't want to become like our, our, the, 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 the person who, who violated us. We don't want to become like them. We refuse to become like them. We want to move to wholeness. And what does that look like? And this is looking at Genesis 1 and 2. God wanting to restore the way Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the garden. Where they were naked and unashamed. There was no shame. There was total openness. There was total trust. There was just this amazing relational continuity and communion with God in the garden. What does that look like? We are, instead of defensive, we are approachable and vulnerable, okay? Naked and unashamed, okay? Instead of having a low self-awareness, we have a high self-awareness. And this is, today, I'm wanting to unpack that, some of the, the self-awareness we need to grow in. Okay, instead of being isolated, we are open and we living connected. Okay, connect to God first and foremost. Connected in life-giving relationships. Devil wants to cut you off. He wants to, he wants to send some guys to come and harass you, come to church, to cut you off from church, to cut you off from the life of God, to cut you off from key relationships. Don't let him rob from you. Okay? Um, for, instead of blaming, taking responsibility for your stuff, folks, we all have stuff inside of us that sometimes is not nice. We sometimes are not nice, okay? Take responsibility for the not nice stuff in us, the things we do that hurt others, okay? Uh, instead of anger, there's peace and grace, okay? Instead of fear, there's courage and boldness. Instead of being self-absorbed, we are sacrificial and, and considerate towards others, others, not just thinking about ourselves, okay? Instead of walking in addiction, we're walking in freedom. Instead of walking in dishonesty, we're walking, we are honest and truthful. <coughs> So the, this is where we want, we're going to, but it's a journey. It's a journey through the cross. It's a journey with Jesus. Amen. I cannot overemphasize that. I'm not Jesus. I don't want to be Jesus. But my goodness, I want to point you to Jesus. Amen. I want you to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. You walk with Jesus, you can be free of brokenness and move into wholeness. Without, I'm telling you, it's a pipe dream. And I don't want you to think we, we, we're telling stuff that's not real. I, Jen and I, let me tell you, we go to Jesus often. I want to say weekly with stuff that is very painful, that is very hurtful, that is very disappointing. And I wouldn't be standing here today if I didn't have Jesus. Let me tell you. I don't know. I've been through some stuff that, you know, I was honestly like, God, I, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. But because of Jesus, Jen and I are still standing today. Amen. So let's go to the next slide. In 2019, we did this course, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And uh, what is it about? It's going beneath the surface to transform your life. And the picture of this course, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, was the iceberg. And the iceberg is such a good picture of our lives. Because with an iceberg, when it's floating in the ocean, you only see 10% of it at the top there. 
And that's the story of the Titanic. Apparently the Titanic hit an iceberg. They thought, they saw the ice, it was over there, but the, the ice was so massive, they hit a piece of the ice on this side and the, and the Titanic sank. And what is this? The 90% of your life, folks, is your inner world that other people don't see. You can come to church, dress nice, wear a tie and a jacket, and we think, whoa, his life is sorted. Meanwhile, on the inside, you're a mess. You're struggling with broken relationships, and you're struggling to trust God, and you're full of fear and anxiety and depression and, and all these, and jealousy and, and all these things. And, and we don't know that. But God does, amen? And He wants to make you look good on the inside, amen? He wants your heart to wear a tie and a jacket and, and sort you out on the inside. But emotionally healthy spirituality was all about going on a journey of going deeper, looking what's below the surface, amen? Because transformation happens from the inside out, amen? Don't become a Christian by putting on a jacket and tie and saying, now my life is sorted out. It's deep, it's real, it's authentic, it's relationship with Jesus. It's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit as He emphasizes things and highlights things and brings truth into your life and reveals lies, etc. It's a deep, real, authentic life. You know, I remember speaking to somebody who was um, into making movies many years ago. And I said, you know, I, I get so disappointed sometimes with movies because it's, so, so it's all the outside. It's the 10% that you can see. And sure, with a camera, that's what you can get. But I was like, I really hope, and I've seen some of it, where people make movies of the deep, authentic, real life that Christians, for example, have with God. That is, that is so real. It's so authentic. It's so, it's so sincere. And, and we've seen some of them, and I, and I really love that. So, so Pete Scazzaro, who, who wrote a book and then the course, and we did the course in 2019, as I said, he said this, emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. Emotional health and spiritual maturity are, are inseparable. Folks, we Christians, we want to be spiritually mature. But how many have realized that you need to look at your emotional health? And he goes on to say, it's not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Emotions? We talk about emotions in church. Surely we're all just about the Bible and what God said, and emotions must just get out of the get out of the way because we Bible-believing, uh, truth-focused Christians, absolutely. But you, dear Christian, are a human being created in the image of God, living on this planet. And you have emotions that you face every day. And folks, if you don't come to terms with those emotions, you will not be able to stay in the truth, live in the truth, walk in the truth, etc. And I want to unpack this this morning. This is so important for us. Okay, so Pete Cesaro said this in, in, the, in this book, that I'm, his book, and I'm just going to read to you. He said, I was taught that almost all feelings are unreliable and not to be trusted. They go up and down and are the last thing we should be attending to in our spiritual lives. It is true that some Christians live in the extreme of following their feelings in an unhealthy, unbiblical way. Now folks, we are not, I want to say this, we are not saying follow your feelings. You know, today I feel like going to church, but you know, next week I don't feel like going to church. I don't go to church because I don't feel like, folks, I don't come to church because I feel like it or not. Okay? There are many things I do because I, I don't do, or I do do not because of my feelings, but because I have a deep conviction this is the right thing to do. Yeah. 
But if you ignore your emotions, folks, you're also in trouble. And there's a middle ground. So on the one hand, it's all, I felt, oh, Pastor, I came to church because I felt like coming to church. Pastor, you know, I prayed for you because I felt led to pray for you. But the Bible instructs you to pray for your leaders. So what happens if tomorrow you don't felt led? Are you never going to pray for your leaders again? What about the national leaders? I didn't feel like praying for our elected president. Well, I, it doesn't matter. There's a crisis going on around who's leading our nation. Amen? And I just want God's plan, okay? I want God's man, and I don't know who that is right now, okay? I'm just saying, God, your will be done. Amen? And nobody must remove somebody that God doesn't, hasn't ordained to be removed. Amen? And so, let's carry on reading this. It is more common, however, to encounter Christians who do not believe they have permission to admit their feelings or express them openly. You know, folks, I was probably in that category when I gave my heart to the Lord. I, I, I was led to the Lord and I prayed the salvation prayer using the four spiritual laws. And in that little document, there was a diagram at the end that had a train and it had a, a train and two carriages. And the, it represented three things. It said fact, faith, feelings. And fact, God's truth. Faith, we put faith in God's fact and feelings will follow. But you know, the subconscious thing to me was like, just ignore your emotions. Just faith it in, 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 in the Word of God and, and just let feelings follow. Just don't, don't, don't. And, I, and I got unbalanced where I was like, I was going through stuff, but I wasn't aware of the stuff I was going through because I was ignoring my emotions. Okay. So it's more common, however, to encounter Christians who do not believe they have permission to admit their feelings or express them openly. This applies especially to such difficult feelings as fear, sadness, shame, anger, hurt, and pain. Folks, I, I love this. You know, Pete, when, when we did the course, you would have hear, heard him saying, he says, those emotions there, fear, sadness, shame, anger, hurt, and pain, he says... He does not call them negative emotions. He calls them difficult emotions. Why? Because we live in a, in a world that anything is positive is okay, anything negative is not okay. So if we call those negative emotions, then it's like, I don't do this. How are you doing? How are you, uh, how are you doing? Pastor, I'm fine. I'm fine. Meanwhile, your heart is breaking through a pain in your heart because you've just had a major relational breakdown with your girlfriend and you are hurting, but it's like, Pastor, I'm fine. She, she, she left, but it's fine. You know, God's got a plan for me. God's got something better for me. I'm fine. Meanwhile, I'm fine. You go home and you're crying. I remember the one guy, this one leader, he experienced major loss. His wife died, etc. And, and Jen and I were with him. We're talking with him and we're trying to ask how it's going. And on the outside, he's smiling, saying, God is good. God works good in all circumstances. And it's true. And he, and he let his guard down this little bit. He said, he says, when I drive in my car by myself, I can't stop crying. That was the only little glimpse he gave that he's hurting. But when you talk to him and you ask him, how are you doing? Your wife died, etc. No, God is good. God's working good things out of it. God's good. You know, all this, the surface, I'm fine. But he says, when he drives in his car and he's all alone, he can't stop crying. Why can't he share that? Jen and I with him, just the two of us. 
We would, have welcomed, we would have loved to have prayed with him. Why couldn't that Christian leader share with us, I am in so much pain. I am grieving so deeply because my wife died. I don't know what to do with myself. On the outside, it was smile. God's good. He's working. And he is. And he was. And God was working through all those kilometers of driving. And this guy basically took to the road. And he, was, he literally was doing a traveling ministry. And was like, why don't you fly? around the country and do what you're doing. He needed to drive because when he, dri when he was driving, he was crying and he needed many hours of crying. And so this is, this is real stuff, folks. This is real. And yet, how can we listen to what God is saying and evaluate what is going on inside when we cut ourselves off from our emotions? How can we, when we cut ourselves off from our emotions? He goes on to say, to feel is to be human. To minimize or to deny what we feel is a distortion of what it means to be image bearers of God. We created in the image of God. What He's like, we're a reflection of that. To the degree that we are unable to express our emotions, we remain impaired in our ability to love God, others, and ourselves well. Folks, there's an emotional component to love. It's not only. But if you suppress your emotions, how can you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as you love yourself? How is that possible? We say we are passionate about Him and people, about God and people. But folks, but what about the difficult emotions? Why? Because feelings are a component of what it means to be made in the image of God. To cut them out of our spirituality is to slice off an essential part of our humanity on the next slide knowing yourself St. Paul the Apostle express, expressed this this is in Ephesians 4 22 and 24 he said put off your old self and put on your new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness put on your new self Put off your old self. Folks, there are undoubtedly, there are things we need to put off. Amen? I mean, if it's jealousy and hatred and revenge and pride, the Bible very clearly says those are not things that we are, we are to, you know, walk around with a sign on, you know. I want to kill somebody, okay? But folks, we've got to take those things to God. If they're there, you better face, face the reality of the we need to put them off. We still can't just ignore them, okay? What we're putting on is the new self, folks. So, so do you know how and who God has made you to be? What are you putting on? When, 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 when you, the Bible says you're a new creation, the new you, who God made you to be when He created you before time began, without sin in the picture, that you with your unique gift mix and personality traits and strengths 
and passions, etc. Do you know the new you, who God has made you to be? Are you putting that on daily? I mean, for me, for example, I know God has called me to be a leader. I've got to put that on. The enemy comes against me so often to attack me in my leadership mantle. That is part of the, the, the new me. God has called me to be a leader. Let me tell you, before I came to Christ, the enemy attacked me in that area incredibly. Leadership was, was not a place I wanted to go to. But I came to Christ and God has redeemed that and has called me to arise and to lead the people of God. To lead people into their promised land. Into wholeness. That's my calling, to lead you into those places. Amen? And I know I have a role to play. If you, God's added you to this church, that's part of my role is to lead you into wholeness. I am absolutely on the journey myself, but I've got to rise into this new self who God has called me to be. And the kingdom of God and the church and you will be, you will suffer the consequences if I shrink back from the leadership role that God has called me to, the new self, the mantle, the calling, the grace that God has placed upon me. What about the things, the new self stuff that he's called you to? There's the general stuff and then there's the specific stuff that is uniquely you. Amen? Are you shrinking back from stepping into the new creation stuff, into the new self that God has called you to? We need you. We need you to step into your, your new self. Amen? It's so important. This community. And I want to go on... Augustine wrote this in his, in his book, The Confessions, in, in about 400 AD. How can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? He prayed, Grant, Lord, that I may know myself, that I might know you. Or thee. Okay, he prayed in high English. Lord, that I may know myself, that I might know thee. Master Eckhart, a Dominican writer from the 13th century, wrote, No one can know God who does not first know himself. On the next slide, St. Teresa of Avila wrote, In the way of perfection, almost all problems in the spiritual life from a lack of self-knowledge. John Calvin, in 1530, wrote, In the opening of Institutes of the Christian religion system consists almost entirely of two parts. The but together by many sides of our sins. together many ties, it is not easy to determine of the two gives birth to the other. Sure. I'm not going to stop on the... If I stop here, we'll get, we, we won't get very far. The vast majority of us go to our graves without knowing who we are. We unconsciously live someone else's life or at least someone else's expectations for us. This does violence to ourselves, our relationship with God, and ultimately to others. Are you doing violence to yourself? And you know, that's bad enough, but I think we always 
so convicted when we do violence to others. Very convicting. Emotion defined. So on the next slide. Emotion defined. So what are we talking about? So emotion is referring to a feeling. Most people would say it's a feeling. Most people would say, what's an emotion? It's a feeling. Okay? But it's more than that. And it's distinctive thoughts. Ha! I underline that. Hey, I think you must just, just point a finger at your neighbor and say, did you get the distinctive thoughts part of this? Here we go. Some of you are listening. Hallelujah. So I like you guys. Okay? And it's distinctive thoughts. Psychological and biological states. And range of propensities to act. Folks, there are at least four dimensions to when we talk about emotions. Now, as Christians, the part I've underlined, it's distinctive thoughts, is vital. Folks, very often, if you are feeling fear and anxiety, it's not, just, it's, not, it's not just always an irrational. Usually, there is something down there. Often, it's a lie of the enemy. You, you know what it's like. You, you get a twinge in your left knee, and suddenly you think, oh my goodness, you know, um, I'm going to die of arthritis before I'm 35, you know, or whatever. And your mind races, and you're feeling this fear every time your knee is sore. But folks, the root is there's, there's a thought there. There's a thought there. And if, and if we realize that emotions are our friends, to help us identify lies or thoughts that we may be believing, a lie is a thought that is not in line with God's word and God's truth. Okay? It's in perfectly line with what the enemy wants for your life, the father of all lies. Okay? So you can have a thought that's of the enemy, that, oh my I've got arthritis just like my granny because my left knee was sore. And what is the deal? If we just ignore the fear and the anxiety, etc., but if we say, okay, what am I believing that? And if we can do spiritual warfare about the lie and we can pray and we can deal with the thought that, oh my goodness, have I got arthritis in my, in my knee? Very important. Psychological and biological states. Folks, you know what it's like. I'm using the analogy of fear. Very often when there's fearful, you get this cold feeling. I don't know if you've experienced just that, that, that you, it's like icy cold. Sometimes your palms can start sweating, etc. There are many, the physiological, like when you get angry, you can get hot. Just burst out in a sweat. There are psychological and biological states that are linked to these emotions. Folks, I want to say, but also there's a thought over there. There's a thought. And we want to go, as Christians, we want to go after the thought. We want to build our lives on truth. We want to demolish the, 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 the lies of the enemy, the strongholds of the enemy. Absolutely. But I, our feelings can help us identify, there's something down there that's not healthy that I need to deal with. And sometimes the physiological and biological state, it's like listen to your body. There's a whole new area of counseling called body ministry where we are actually taking note of our physical, biological, physical, physiological response and saying, what's going on here? Your body's responding to something, okay? There are feelings, but there are also thoughts. There could be lies that are at the root of some of your bodily responses, okay? And a range of propensities to act. We often, we want to look at the act, the action, you know. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I responding this way? Okay, your emotion can lead you to the thoughts that are at the root of this. And so, they can be our friends, okay. 
Um, researchers have classified emotions into eight different family groups. And I, I mean, there's so many emotions in me. Before I put this up, let me just say, when we did our, our marriage course, we did it recently, and oh, recently, last year, it feels like recent. Some of you did our marriage course. And I found it so amusing in one of, the, one of the sections. What they do is they put up a whole table of possible emotions. And, and the guys, the presenters, they say this. They say, men in particular, husbands, find that table very, very useful because they struggle to identify and name the emotions, the things that they are feeling. Women are often much more in touch with themselves. They can give words and describe what they're feeling, which is very helpful. So part of the course is they give you the table and then they get you as a couple to talk. And so many of the men say, oh, it was so useful to see those words. That I could say, that word there, that, that, that ought I. Okay, that word and that word. Oh, and that word and that word and that word. Okay, it's so useful. Um, Mads Dasel actually says, and I've often heard this quote, if you can name it, you can tame it. When you can put a label on some of the stuff you're feeling, it's like, ah, oh, this is what it is. Now we know how to deal with it. And we go after the thought that's behind it that's causing this thing. So very important. So anyway, I actually, I actually grabbed, I found a table and I grabbed a tablet. It was, I couldn't get one screen. It was two screens with 60 different words. But what I like about this one, they've put it into eight categories. So firstly, the first one is anger. And these are words that fall into this category of anger, fury, hostility, irritability, annoyance. Number two is sadness. That's grief, self-pity, despair, dejection or loneliness. Fear, the fear category, anxiety, edginess, nervousness, uh, fright, terror, apprehension. Fourth, the category of enjoyment, joy, relief, contentment, delight, thrill, euphoria and ecstasy. Uh, number five is the category of love, and there we have acceptance, trust, devotion, and adoration. Number six, surprise, shock, amazement, wonder, and awe. Uh, number seven, disgust, contempt, scorn, aversion, distaste, and revulsion. And number eight, shame, guilt, remorse, humiliation, embarrassment, and condemnation. Folks, that is life there. That is life. For some of you, you know, some of those words are like, that's just describing me. That's where I've been for the last couple of months, for some of you the last couple of years. Folks, and it's so useful. It's like, that's me. You've just described me. I'm so happy, okay? And that's human. And folks, no, the Bible says, no sin has overcome you except that which is common to man. You will be surprised if we will be open and honest in trusting relationships. How many of us go through the same spaces, but because we have this thing of, no, we just it's, it's about truth and faith and emotions must kind of follow... We don't do life deeply. We don't connect because we just we don't even want to go to these places. Now again, we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. Amen. We're led by the Spirit of God, not by emotions, but we ignore our emotions to our peril. So let's go on. Okay. So on the next slide. Emotions are like warning lights on a dashboard. So I found this, some car. I don't even know what car it is. But uh, this car, <laughs> I counted the lights. On this car, it was actually, they were teaching people, just training people on what all the, the warning lights on your car dashboard means. So in this car's case, all the lights are on. And hopefully you never get into a car where all 10 lights, I counted them, the 10 lights are like flashing at you. But I want to say something about this. Emotions are like the warning lights on your car dashboard. Okay? 
as I said just before I put the slide up, you ignore, you would ignore your warning lights to your peril. Those warning lights are there to tell you there's something wrong with your car. Somewhere in your car, something's not lacquer, okay? You have got to address it. Now, firstly, you know, what we often do, we just ignore it. We pretend it's not there. And I can, I can actually vouch, um, I don't have any of my children here, but right now one of them may put up their hand. I've got a particular light flashing on my one car, etc. And I try to ignore it, but it's so irritating because it just keeps flashing. It's one of those ones that doesn't stay on. It flashes the whole time. You know, I keep thinking my flicker's on. Is it that one there? Is it that one over there? Don't tell them which one it is. Don't tell. Don't tell them. Okay. So, so anyway. So the first thing, don't ignore it. That thing, that light's telling you something's not lacquer in your car. But, but have you met those people that you're driving with them? You're the passenger. I've done it. I'm driving with them. And I notice there's something flashing on the thing. No, 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 no. There's something wrong. I need to, I, to solve the problem, I just need to disconnect the warning. And the light is telling you there's something wrong somewhere in this car, and you're driving, and I'm in this car. You better Sometimes we, it's just like, we just disconnect this emotion. But the emotion is, remember, linked to a thought, and could be a lie of the enemy that you are believing deep down in your soul somewhere that is, has physiological effects on your body, and could be sickness effects, for example, in your body. And, and it could result in actions, unhealthy actions that you're taking. You're doing things, you don't know why. And your emotion can be your friend because it's like, something's not right. I need to do some, some body work. I need to do some emotional work. I need to figure out, God, what is going on inside of me. Amen. And so they are your friends. Amen. We, we, we can't ignore it. But at the same time, we don't just sort out the problem by switching the light off or disconnecting the light. We actually got to go to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is always there's a thought, there's a belief, there's a lie somewhere deep in your soul that is causing some things not to be lacking in your life. If you were just thinking, no, but you know, God doesn't do this, etc. Just look at this list. I put up scriptures here of Jesus' emotions. Okay, look at this. In John 11, this is where the story of Lazarus, when Lazarus died, it says of Jesus, he shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion. Okay, it is the Passion Bible which highlights these aspects. In John 11:35, it says, then Jesus streamed down Jesus' face. Okay, other translations say Jesus wept. Okay, in John 11:38, then Jesus with intense emotion came to the translation he was deeply moved <coughs> and some he had in Luke 19 verse 41 when Jesus caught sight of the city he burst into tears with uncontrollable weeping over Jerusalem in um, John 2 30, it says he was furious at the crass commercial. Well, sorry, he was furious at the crass commercialization of the temple. And this is what the Bible says: "I am consumed with a fiery passion to keep your house pure." Other translations say, "Zeal for your house will consume me." Amen. Talk about coming to church, folks. Jesus is passionate about coming to church. With that, we know for sure. Let's go on. I want to look at some difficult emotions for you to understand the importance of this. And this is from uh, the Emotionally Healthy Relationship. Difficult and pleasant emotions. 
Difficult emotions that go uncover over pleasurable, em pleasurable feelings or emotions. The key word over there is probably the word unprocessed. Unprocessed. That means processing is required. Folks, processing, what does it mean? That means that you're going to the cross with Jesus about these things. Whether it's your sin or the sin you've been violated with. This means, for example, that you may sit down with somebody who you can trust, who you can pray with, and process the and identify what it is. So here's the little diagram, and you'll remember it from the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course. There's a little picture, and it's is, is a classic picture of a, of a jar. Now, I was looking at that, and I was looking for a real picture because it's a schematic. Um, and you know if you have oil and vinegar, folks, which side does the oil float? On the top. <laughs> so I was like, how do you take a picture of this jar upside down? Anyway, I don't know. But, but it's just showing the point over here, what that arrow is showing. And, and I've taken the labels because it's not clear. I took a screenshot from the book. And I just put it on there. What are difficult emotions? Again, these are not negative. These are not bad emotions. These aren't naughty emotions, okay? These are difficult emotions that you and I experience. For example, sadness, anger, fear, depression, and stress, dot, dot, dot. Those which are shown in the vinegar part at the top, what he's saying, they cover over the pleasant emotions that we all want. And this is the thing, as Christians, we think we need to live in the zone all the time. Peace, creativity, love, energy, joy. Folks, I want the fruit of the Spirit, I want it all the time. I want it for you, me, and the whole world. I like joyful people. I like loving people. I want you to live there. But the problem is the difficult emotions cover over the pleasant emotions. The difficult emotions often are felt much stronger than the pleasant emotions. They cover over the pleasant emotions. And so what do we do? Just ignore them? Folks, process them. Process them. Please tell your neighbor, process them. Okay? And the neighbor on the other side, process them. Okay? If there's one thing I want you to get from this message is process them, okay? And how do we... I just want to say about anger, and this was also from the notes, very important on the next slide. Anger is often a surface emotion that is the result of fear, pain, or disappointment. Anger, we see it, you know, road rage, etc. You can ask, folks, it is the result of fear, pain, or disappointment. So what do we need to do? If you are struggling with anger issues, you need to look at what am I fearing? What pain have I got in my soul? And what disappointment have I been facing? And how do we do that? Look at this with three questions. Simple. What am I afraid of? What am I hurt about? What am I sad about? Folks, those three questions, so simple. I mean, those are, you know, you know when you're learning how to write, you know, the, the cat sat on the mat. I mean, do you see how simple those questions are? They will change your life. They will change your life. David Augsburger, author of Caring Enough to Hear and Be Heard, wrote, Being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person it's almost indistinguishable. 
being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person it's always almost indistinguishable. We want to love people. You know, sometimes the best thing you can do is just zip your lip and listen. Remember God gave you two ears and one mouth. Just look at the, the capacity He's given you to listen. Healing, like you won't believe, flows when we are listened to. And I want to just unpack it. Difficult or negative emotions are a bit like feeling nauseous. They can ruin our day, hinder dreams, and rob us of the joy of living. Many fear their difficult or negative emotions and default to suppressing them instead of expressing them or processing them. The truth is that you can't heal what you don't reveal. Finding safe spaces to express emotion, emotion is healing for the soul. When we express emotion in a safe place, folks, that is so important, a safe place. The Bible says, do not cast your pearls before swine. Swine or pigs. Pearls are very precious, okay? There are some things, folks, find safe places. I want to emphasize that. When we express emotion in a safe place and another hears it, we experience our value. And I want to finish with this. Validation listening. Validation listening. Folks, this is listening so that the person you're listening to can receive healing. I'm not asking you guys to go and get trained as a counselor. We've got trained counselors in our church and I'll put up info for you to get a sozo. People who are trained not just to listen, but know how to walk with you to process these things. That's what sozo is. We walk with you to process through these things, pray through these things. But every one of you have got two ears and therefore I want to say you qualify to listen to somebody. The question is, are you trustworthy? Hey, if you're a gossip or if you are subject, then sorry, nobody's going to talk to you. If you can't wait to hear some juicy morsels from some friend to go tell other people, did you know that person, you know, she's feeling this because of this, because he said that to so and ah, 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 you're not a safe person. Okay? Are you a safe person? What is validation listening? When someone validates your emotional world, you experience your value in the eyes of another. Folks, I want to say this. Remember that feelings and emotions are often linked to a thought. Now the thought could be a lie of the enemy. But you could still validate the person by saying, by, 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 by recognizing that feeling that based on that thought is totally understandable. I get you. You could even say, I would feel the same thing. If I was believing that, and you don't necessarily say it's a lie, you could, as a trained counselor, I would, I would, I would go deep, I would dig down to the lies. I'm not asking you to do that. But you can validate that the emotion the person's feeling based on some thought or belief in this, uh, deep down in, inside of them, is, is a valid emotion. Okay, so how do we do it? You say, I hear you say, and you name the emotion you heard someone express. I hear you say, I am fearful. I have been so anxious. I am so sad about X, Y, Z. Two, is there more? Invite them to talk more about that emotion. You know, one of the biggest things that happens when you listen is you get people to talk about stuff that, that they haven't got clear 
clarity about it. It's not in their conscious realm. It's there. They're feeling it. And just by you being a safe place, out and they see what's going inside of them. Many people are verbal processors and they don't, processors, they don't even realize it. They think they can process everything on the inside. Most of us are a blend and different things you actually do. And just the person to verbalize what's going inside of them. For them, the pennies, you, you listen to them, yeah, the penny's dropping. They're like, whoa, I didn't know this. And, I, and you're joining the dots between, I'm feeling this and that happened and this person said that. And it's, you're joining the dot and it's like, yes, yes. They're processing it. And finally, validate the emotion. It makes sense to me you feel X, Y, Z. So I'm going to close there. I'm going to put up three questions that I want you to think about. And, and we can just play music while we do. These three questions are with most now. It's personal. This is you. Who are safe people in your world who will choose to express your emotions to? And thirdly, who in your world do you think needs a listening ear right now? It's yourself. It's yourself with somebody you can trust. And yourself being a listener to somebody else. And, and when we finish, I'm going to put up the last slide, which is the Sozo email address um, for you to book a Sozo if you want to. But I'm going to put on a song. I want to, can you take a minute or two to answer these questions that we'll go to, go to now again? What emotions are you struggling with? Who are safe people in your world? And who do you think is a listener right now? Take a minute or two to think about Maybe you want to write it down.
Krishna and she'll slot you in. Hopefully in the next sort of three months we'll, we'll call you and we'll, she'll, she'll email you and she'll make a time, book a time with you. I just want to pray for us. Jesus, Lord, I'm thank you, thank you, Jesus, that you came to earth and, to earth and walked such a real life. Jesus, that you feel, even today, you still have a resurrection body, Lord, but you still feel, you still feel the, the things that pulse through our souls, Lord. Jesus, I want to thank you that you are so trustworthy. You have felt our pains, Lord. Not just now, but on the cross of Calvary, Lord, you took the worst of it all. All our pains, Lord, all our wounds. Lord, you were literally pierced for our transgressions, Lord. Lord, the amount of emotion that you must have felt at the cross was just quite unbelievable. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for everyone of us, Lord, that first and foremostly that you come to you with these things, Lord. And Jesus, you are the truth. Lord, would we discover truth? Would we discover your truth, Lord? And at the same time, Lord, reveal the lies. Reveal the lies that are deep down in our souls in some spaces that we didn't even realize, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you just highlight highlight areas in our lives. Lord, we don't want to do a, a, a crazy just looking for problems, Lord. No, 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 Lord. This is a journey with you. This is just dealing with stuff that you are wanting to deal with us right now in December 2022. Just that stuff, Lord. We don't want to deal with stuff that you're still going to deal with in 23 and 24 and 25. Lord, just this December, Lord. Those areas you wanting to bring healing and wholeness and completeness to those areas. I pray for those areas. May we have the courage to speak to you, to speak to others, and to be the listening, trusting brother or sister that our fellow brothers and sisters need. I pray that for all of us in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za and for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 61 0877. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.